Hello and welcome to the Greenfield Baptist Sermons Podcast. Each week we will be uploading the Focus Scripture and Sermon from Greenfield Baptist Church in Northeast Pennsylvania. Thank you for joining us and enjoy. Time for Scripture. We're looking in Matthew 24 this morning, verses 4 to 16 and then 30 to 36. Jesus answered, Watch out that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name, claiming I am the Christ, and will deceive many. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars, but see to it that you are not alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of birth pains. Then you will be handed over to the be persecuted and put to death. And you will be hated by all nations because of me. At that time, many will turn away from the faith and will betray and hate each other. And many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. But he who stands firm in the end will be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations. Then the end will come. So when you see standing in the holy place the abomination that causes desolation, spoken of through the prophet Daniel, let the reader understand. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Then verse 30 it says, At at that time the sign of the Son of Man will appear in the sky, and all the nations of the earth will mourn. They will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of the sky with power and great glory, and he will send his angels with a loud trumpet call, And they will gather his elect from the four winds, from one end of the heavens to the other. Now learn this lesson from the fig tree. As soon as its twigs get tender and its leaves come out, you know that summer is near. Even so, when you see all these things, you know that it is near, right at the door. I tell you the truth. This generation will certainly not pass away until all these things have happened. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. No one knows about that day or hour, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. May God add his blessing to the reading and hearing of this, his holy word. All the talented people we have, uh, Mr. King even wrote that music, that last song you heard, so my goodness. I mean, all I can do is write sermons. I mean, this guy can write music, so you know, uh, I feel like I'm a little outclassed here in this place. <laughs> uh, some people have told me I'm a rather gullible kind of a guy, and it's probably true. Uh, not too long ago, Don and I went to a uh, convention meeting, and uh, it was one of those uh, uh, dinner theater type things at the end. So uh, we were eating dinner and uh, having a good time, and all of a sudden after the dinner, you know, I heard this sound like a shot going out, and uh, from behind a curtain right near me, this guy stumbles out and falls on the floor. And immediately, I jumps up and runs over to take care of this guy. And then I realized I'm right in the middle of a play, you know. <laughs> and I'm thinking, oh, oh no. Uh, to put it mildly, I was, uh, you know, uh, embarrassed, to say the least. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm gullible. I mean, you know, I'd, I'd already forgotten that this was a dinner theater. And uh, I made an, uh, uh, it was pretty obvious that uh, I didn't know what was going on. You can be easily deceived, can't you, sometimes? I mean, there's people like me that can be deceived without, a, without even thinking about it, and then there's other people, and you know, it takes a little bit more to deceive them 
than it does me. But Jesus uh, gave us a warning. He says uh, that in the end times, people will try to deceive other people. They'll try to deceive other people about spiritual matters, and that it'll take people who are really in touch with the Lord to be able to take care of, of their spiritual lives, to know when uh, the truth is there as far as spiritually is concerned, and to know when there's false teaching uh, apparent in someone's life or in, in someone's teaching. So we need to help one another as Christians. That's one of the signs that Jesus said of the end times, that uh, Christians are going to need, need to depend on one another to make sure that we're not deceived by uh, some false spiritual doc doctrine. So we have to prayerfully consider what we can do to keep deception away from us. It's kind of like uh, someone told me uh, that uh, people who uh, are experts in counterfeit money, the reason they're experts in counterfeit money is what? They know the real thing, and that's what we have to do. We have to know the real Jesus. We have to be really in touch with the Lord in our own life, and then we'll be able to, to tell if we're being deceived, if someone's trying to deceive us with some spiritual matter in our life. We'll know the real Jesus in such a way that we won't be fooled by a false Jesus. And then in the next few verses that we had read for us this morning, there were uh, great troubles mentioned. Uh, these are signs of the end times. Uh, in the end time, it says distress will be unequaled uh, since the beginning of the world until that time. Uh, the list of troubles really sounds pretty drastic. Wars and rumors of wars, uprisings and famines and earthquakes and persecution, uh, hatred, increase in wickedness, the love of many will grow cold. Uh, it really sounds like it's almost overwhelming. Uh, now, some people have said, well, that kind of stuff's going on since the beginning of time. There's always been earthquakes and famines. There's always been people hating one another and persecuting each other. But Jesus tells us that uh, it, these wicked kinds of things will increase uh, dramatically in the end times. Uh, and the next thing I say might sound unbelievable, but, uh, you know, that's good, <laughs> because uh, uh, Jesus says that uh, that's a sign that the end times is near when these evil things increase dramatically in our midst. And Jesus gives an illustration. He gives the illustration of a mother uh, who has given birth. Now, I understand talking to my own mother. She had eight children, and uh, to other ladies I know, my, my own wife, that, uh, you know, the pain of childbirth is real. But after the childbirth, you're looking forward to a new life that's come into the world. And so uh, as that baby is placed in the mother's arms, uh, the trouble of childbirth uh, seems to go away. So it is, Jesus says, with the end times, that there will be great pains that come upon the world, uh, pains that are unequaled since the beginning of time. But that's a sign in itself uh, to know that the end time is near, and that when that end time does come, uh, we'll forget the pain uh, that uh, brought that end time into appearance. Unless the troubles come, the goodness of new life will not be born into this old world. And at Jesus' return, that new life will happen. The important point here, though, is, is that it will happen, and that, uh, that God is in control of those end times that no matter what the wars and rumors of wars and famines and earthquakes and all those things uh, that Jesus said are signs of the end times, despite those happening, and despite them happening in our world today, we know that 
Jesus is in control. God's in control, and it will happen in his time. And he'll work together to bring out of what seems to be the worst possible scenario the world has ever seen, he'll bring the best possible end uh, into a new world, a new heaven, and a new earth. Verse 14 gives us some good news, though, in all of this. The gospel will be told to the entire world before the end time arrives. Now, a century ago, people would have said, well, man, that, that's impossible. How could the whole world hear the gospel? But we know in our time that that's possible. Uh, for example, when uh, many years ago now, 17 years ago, when uh, the disaster happened in New York City, and they had a, uh, a national prayer day and, and worship day at the National Cathedral in Washington, D.C., uh, Billy Graham came and spoke at that event, and his words were transmitted around the world. In every language and in every nation, people heard the message about Jesus, and that's been those many years ago. And today, the message of Jesus is nearly universally uh, uh, receivable anyplace. If you have a shortwave radio, you can pick up Christian broadcasting. There's all kinds of ways in which the good news of the gospel is being preached to the entire world, even as we stand here today. Jesus refers to another sign in verse 15. He talks about the prophet Daniel. Daniel being the Old Testament fellow who uh, spent many years in exile, practically his whole life in exile, serving a foreign government. But during that time, uh, Daniel was so faithful to the Lord that he saw visions of the end time. And one of the visions that Daniel saw was religious heresy and desecration, abomination that causes desolation, he calls it here in this passage. But Jesus is referring uh, to the uh, fact that in the end times, people will, will dismiss holy things. They'll, they'll uh, deny that there is such a thing as holy. They'll deny that there is such a thing as God that holy times and holy places and even holy people will be desecrated and put down uh, and uh, put aside, and, and no one will even think about holy things at that time. But Jesus also gives us relief to all these uh, terrible signs. He says that for the sake of the elect, in verse 22, that is, believers in Jesus, for the sake of the elect, those days will be shortened. So even in the end times, when it seems like all the problems of the world are compounding upon each other, Jesus says the promise is that God's mercy is still available to those who call upon him. And then some people say in the end times, you know, when will it happen? Maybe it's already happened. Maybe we've missed it all. But Jesus relieves his disciples by saying that when he comes, everybody's going to know about it. In verse 27 in chapter 24, it says here, So if anyone tells you, uh, no, I, I picked the wrong verse. For as lightning, for as the lightning comes from the east and is visible even to the west, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. And then in verse 30, Jesus says, At that time the sign of the Son of Man will appear in the sky, and all the nations of the earth will mourn, they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of the sky with power and great glory, and he will send his angels with a loud trumpet call, and they will gather his elect from the four winds from one end of the heavens to the other. So it's going to be a public event. Everybody will know when Jesus arrives. People will 
uh, know that Jesus has come to bring his own uh, to his, their heavenly reward. Unfortunately, though, some people are not going to be ready. Unfortunately, some people, even though uh, they know and they see Jesus coming and they, they see the signs of the times that we've mentioned here, some people still won't be ready. They'll be indifferent to Jesus coming. Uh, they'll be taken by surprise. And it says in the, in the one verse that some people will even continue to do evil right up to the very end. They will deny God. How sad it is that with all the signs of Jesus coming, that some people will still not be prepared. And so you and I as Christians have something to do between now and then. Jesus gives us the signs of the times, but uh, quickly right following on these signs of the times in chapter 24 is all of chapter 25. And, and uh, we can't read them all today, but we can look there at three things that we need to do. Each parable tells us something that we need to do in light of the fact that Jesus is coming soon. The first parable is a parable of the virgins. And basically all it's telling us is be prepared. Five virgins were unprepared and five virgins were prepared. The ones that were prepared were prepared by providing light and letting their light shine forth until the bridegroom comes, until Jesus comes. They were continually ready to let their light shine until the bridegroom comes. The five that were unprepared, they let their light go out. They extinguished their witness. They denied the fact that there was Jesus coming, whatever you want to say. But they uh, missed uh, the arrival of the bridegroom, and so they were uh, kept from entering into the eternal kingdom. The question in that parable is, are we prepared to keep our light shining? And then the second parable, the parable of the talents, follows right up with that with another thing we're supposed to be doing in light of the fact that Jesus is returning, and that is we're to work for the master. That parable tells us that the master goes away on a journey, and he gives to each one of his servants some gifts and talents. To one he gives five or ten talents, to another two or three, and to another one one. It says that each one of us have been given talents by God. And our response is, is to work for the master who has given us those talents until he returns. Are we Jesus' servants? Are we his disciples? Will we use our gifts that have been entrusted to us to reach out and to tell others about Jesus? And our desire to tell others about Jesus and share with others the great gifts that God has given to us, that is an obvious sign that we are his disciples. And if we don't love our master enough to even invest what he has given to us in the lives of others, then sadly that will result in our exclusion from the kingdom of heaven. And then the final parable, the parable of the sheep and the goats, uh, tells us two words, basically. Help the needy. In light of Jesus' coming, we're not only to be prepared letting our light shine, we're not only to be using the gifts that God has given to us, but this third parable says we need to be helping those who are needy. And there are all kinds of needy people around us. Jesus calls his followers sheep in this parable, and he's the good shepherd. He calls himself the good shepherd many times in the book of John. 
And just as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats, so at the end time, Jesus will separate those who know him from those who may have only claimed to know him or those who refuse to know him. This parable is for Christians to examine ourselves and to look and ask ourselves, are we acting like Christians or just pretending to follow Jesus and his teaching? Jesus uses this parable to remind us that as Christians, we need to give care to those who are most needy around us. And then he says, in as much as we do it to the least of these brothers and sisters, you are doing it to me. When we're caring for those who need care, we are caring for Jesus. And on the other hand, those who are uncaring, those who are unconcerned, that's an indication that those are people who are not followers of Jesus. They're the goats in the parable. And so the question for us is, am I a sheep who is lovingly following my shepherd Jesus into a life of service to those who are in need, or am I a goat who cares not for other people? Am I a goat who's selfishly pursuing my own dreams and my own aspirations and not caring for others? One thing we know for sure, the signs of the end times are not only just signs that are written in a book, but they're the truth. It's a real event. It's really going to happen. Just as real as this worship service is right now, it will happen. And we can either be prepared, as the five wise virgins were, uh, or we can be unprepared. We can be working for the master, and we can be helping those who need us, or we can refuse to follow our shepherd Jesus. Jesus' invitation is open to us. John 14, 23, a verse that I almost uh, discovered for the first time this week. You know, it's amazing. You can read the Bible for a lifetime and then come across a verse that you thought, man, there's a really good verse. I should have memorized this one a long time ago. Here, here's one I'm going to try to memorize. If anyone loves me, they will obey my teaching. My Father, he's talking about God, will love them, and we, that's the Father and the Son, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit, we will come to them and make our home with them. What a promise that is. Jesus says, if we obey his teaching, his teaching to name him as Lord and Savior in our life, his teaching that his blood upon the cross, his death upon the cross is for our sin, if we obey that teaching, then he will come with God the Father and the Holy Spirit, and he will love us and make his home with us. What a joy that will be. And if you haven't, have, haven't made that decision, today's the day. Today's the day that you can make the decision to follow Jesus and be prepared uh, for the signs of the time for Jesus' return. Shall we pray? Thank you, Lord Jesus, for the gift of the promise of your return. We thank you, Jesus, that it's not just a fairy tale written in a book long ago, but it's just as real as we are real here today. And we pray, Jesus, that if there's one here who is not prepared, there's one here who has not called upon Jesus to find forgiveness and life abundant and eternal, today might be the day. And for those of us, Lord, who have called you Lord and Savior for years, help us to be prepared to work for the Master, Jesus, to help those in needy need around us, that we might uh, show our love for you. Through Christ Jesus, our Lord, we pray. Amen.